At LASIK Plus, we know LASIK is a big decision, and every one of our patients is unique. That's why we customize your LASIK journey to you. I only have a certain budget. No problem. Right now at LASIK Plus, get $1,000 off LASIK when treated in May. That's $500 off per eye, plus guaranteed financing options. So visit MyLASIKOffer.com today to start your journey towards 2020 vision. Must mention this promotion and be treated in May of 2024 to qualify. $1,000 off standard price of Wavelight Procedure. $500 off for one eye. Cannot be combined with any other offers. Go to MyLASIKOffer.com for details. This show is brought to you in association with Labbrooks for all your betting needs. With a new site design and great prices, it's our preferred bookie. New members can get a free match bet up to £50 when you sign up and use the code LAD50. Check on site for details at labbrooks.com. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. The podcast that won't be trying anything fancy for fear of upsetting a diddy. This week on Heart and Hand... The latest in our series of Scott Vandenacker Sings. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Scott Vandenacker. Or do or did he make a cunt out of you? He did! He did! So welcome to Hand. my name is David Edgar, I'm your host and I'm joined this week by the man who this year has added another string to, let's be honest, already a pretty packed bow, yes it's Mr Scott Vandenacker. Hello, good evening, welcome, and I believe you've come out of the closet David. This week I have come out of the closet, but I'm now under a table. So the search for that perfect sound goes, goes on. on. Thing is, is you know, 10 years ago, David's under the table, not that unusual a... Uh, a comment, but it's no. it's been a while, and, and it's a whole different perspective being down here, uh, awake. Yeah, it must be must be different for you. Yeah, yeah. you begin to notice things like I should clean the under underside of my table. But yes, uh, all in the the guys of getting the perfect the perfect sound for you because uh, unfortunately we don't have we've got studio equipment, but we don't have an actual studio that would be all soundproofed and shit. So, uh, but we we struggle for the dear listener. Um, people think that we just come on here and and rabbit shite about them and then insult them on the interwebs and, and there's an element of truth to that I'm not going to lie that's a huge part of it but there's yeah, not all there is there's to not it. all there is to it so there's been a lot to talk about this week uh, there have been two matches one played on Sunday and one played last night uh, I was fortunate enough to be at the second one of them uh, but unfortunate enough to be there with my dad who insists on standing side on so we couldn't stand away from the rain we had to stand in the in the soaking wet bit, but we'll, we'll, we'll come to that. This week kicked off with a rather fine performance away to Aloha. Uh, I was going to say Aloha were a bogey team last season, but Aloha were one of our bogey teams. Yeah, it's also possibly a bit upsetting for Rangers fans to discover that part-time team are your bogey team at all. Yeah, I mean, last season we had one win in five goes against Aloha, including the, the very famous 3-2 defeat after being 2-0 up with 20 minutes to go in the Petrofac. And this season we went there, and Ali McCoyce would tell you that last season it wasn't because Rangers were a, an unfit side or poorly trained or had bad players. He would tell you that Aloha were a cracking good side, but something has happened to Aloha between now and last season because this new look Rangers team, through no reason at all, you know, through, through witchcraft, um, gubbed them 5-1, played absolutely magnificently, and if anything, it should have been 8-9-1. Well, when you think about the fact that there's no difference between part-time and full-time players' fitness... That's true, that's true. Yeah. And that the Aloha players are a great bunch of lads. 
Yeah, how good they are. And um, whoever is their manager, eh, will, uh, is a great lad. He's a great lad as well. So I can't think of any reason why we beat them. No, nah, I mean, that's true. To be honest, you can't play football at this level anyway. No, no, you can't. You've just got to head along. So God knows why we beat them. I have no idea. And, and the pitch... The pitch's a great leveller, mate. The, the pitch's a great leveller. The pitch is made out of plastic and, I believe, the, the, the tears of angels. It was. And nobody in the world has ever played in that pitch before. It would be disrespectful. Ever. Disrespectful as well. Well, um, speaking of that, actually, all, all joking aside and all kind of stopping to throw balls at uh, our previous manager, no matter how deserving, they went and trained there on, I think, the Wednesday, mm-hmm. which is a sign of the professionalism now. There was a good point made earlier in the week by someone on, I think it was one of the fans' forums or maybe on Twitter, where they said that last season what we did was we paid lip service to being professional, so we wouldn't train and we wouldn't work hard and we wouldn't do things like go and train other people's pitches, but what we would do would be have an overnight stay in a hotel the night before and pretend that that was us being professional. Training there through the week, everything was spot on about it. Team was, was, you know, picked to be able to, to, to cope with the conditions, to be able to cope with the opposition, and ran over the top of them. Tavernier, according to Derek Ray, it's not Tavernier, it's Tavernier, um, which I'm willing to go with because Derek Ray strikes me as, as someone who might do a bit of research. So Tavernier uh, scores another beauty, could have had a few more. Uh, and I have to say that I thought both matches, Ayr and uh, Aloha, I thought that Barry Mackay was terrific in both of them and is just looking... The cliche, we have the hell we'll use it. He's looking like a new signing because the guy's been fantastic. He, he, he's really effortless the way he does it. You know, he's got a real grace to his movements. He, his touch is excellent. And that's actually something that was noticeable close up. We were right at the side of the pitch at Somerset Park. Is that the touch of the Rangers team has improved dramatically. You know, when a ball comes at them at pace, they control it and they look up. And I wonder if that's a confidence thing because you know Warburton does have a magic hat but I don't think you can teach that in a month I think that you you must have that ability they've just forgotten it I think clearly it's, it's when you're a player in any situation any club you're told by the management team and the coaches what they expect of you and it's quite clear that for Rangers they were told never get caught in possession never take that extra touch in case someone closes you down Yeah, and so they didn't have the confidence they didn't want to take the touch you saw an awful lot with the fullbacks last year even Wallace to an extent and Foster long diagonals yeah. did not want to get caught in the ball it seems this year that actually Warburton has said to them take a touch if you get closed down just pa- you know don't panic take an extra second and it's almost that you see the top players in the world the very top players look as if they've got all the time in the world yeah. and our players aren't that good but they're clearly they're, it's almost like they're counting to two or three before they get you know, they're taking a touch, they're looking up to try and pass the ball, they're not getting rid of it like a hot potato, and like you, I think they're being told that. There's absolutely no way that, way that, that isn't un- acting under orders. No. They're told to try and take a touch, try and look up, and try and, if they get caught in possession, if they get caught in possession, we'll just go again, we'll yeah. get the ball back and rebuild. It's clearly part of what we're trying to do. I think there's definitely an element, if you look at the side that played against Air, the midfield was um, Shields, Holt, uh, and that was pretty much it. <laughs> you know, they were yeah. they were the two own players. Now neither of them are going to you know thunder into tackles. Uh, it's just not going to happen. Whereas I think that there's a definite belief from the management team is that we'll get the ball and we'll keep it, and that's how you know defence is at the first point of attack. Now we won't get away with that against better sides. It's just not going to happen, and that's why Halliday has been so important and. If we ever sign a defensive midfielder, if the Eustace deal ever comes to fruition, 
uh, he'll be useful. Is it maybe time, Scott, to start wondering about the Eustace deal? I mean, it's been a, it's been a while. Does he exist? Well, there's no proof of it. My theory is that he's been used to G on the players, you know, a fight for their position. Yeah. Like, oh, Andy Halliday. Oh, John Eustace is over there training. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can't see him. No, he is, though. No, he is. I can't he's let you see him because it would shatter your confidence because he's so good. It's like I say to my do- girls, you know, the, yeah. the tooth fairy won't come if you're not good. Uh-huh. It's like, I think they've been told, if you don't train hard, that John Eustace is going to come and take your place in the team. John Eustace is probably sitting in his, in, uh, his house in Suffolk. Yeah. Watching Sky. Yeah, looking for a move and wondering why he keeps he keeps getting like, tweets from Rangers fans. Yeah, that that's maybe a good point. Maybe we should just start doing that and it can be like that's how you scare people away. You know, yeah. like John Eustace will come and get you. So for instance you can say as you said that you can say to kids, right, you know, eat all your greens, otherwise John Eustace is gonna come and he's gonna deal with this. Or you could say to, you know, Celtic supporters, right? You're only allowed to submit one claim any more than that is fraud. And if you're yeah. caught, John Eustace will come and sort you out. Yes, exactly. You know, um, I think the ghost of John Eustace is hovering over all of them at the moment. And um, maybe it's better that he doesn't sign. Maybe this way. Oh, we keep winning. We keep winning. <laughs> <laughs> the, the ghost of John Eustace has been a terrific signing so far yeah, for us. I think right. since he came in the team. So um, there are still queries about him. Now, there was talk of two further loan players arriving this uh, this week, and I think both of them look as though they've, they've kind of had the skins. John Swift and Gideon Zellerlem. Now, when we're recording, which is Thursday night, it looks as though both deals are off. One, uh, the lad Zellerlem didn't, didn't want to come, and the other one was Swift Rangers pulled out of the deal. What are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on loan deals? I mean, we've got Ball and we've got Adua and we're going to talk about Adua in a second, but what are your thoughts on loan deals? I know that some people feel great, you you loan player. Well, I think maybe the old-fashioned view is loans were only something that smaller clubs did or only something that you did in an emergency. I think you've probably hit the nail on the head as regards the wider support. I think the resistance to loan deals comes from the perception of where Rangers are. Now, we've got some dear friends who we used to sit in the pub with, don't we? Mm-hmm. And we don't know, because we don't sit in the pub before games much. But they could never accept... Remember we used to argue with them about being a selling club? Yeah. That was the first big argument. It was just, that wasn't Rangers. Yeah. The people, a slightly older generation couldn't accept it. Yeah, they just can't do that. Have, yeah. And now you have this, the same sort of thing with loan deals. To me, it makes perfect sense. There's two or three different arguments here, right? Yeah, there's two or three different arguments here, David. Number one is Warburton has been asked to win the league. Now, the fans keep over-egging the pudding by saying, oh, win the Scottish Cup. No, he's been asked to win the league, right? So that is a slightly short-term, well, you could call it a medium-term goal, right? Yeah. She has to win this, this championship. So he needs a squad to do that. So he's been asked in a short time to overhaul the entire squad. And he's brought in so far nine, nine players. Mm-hmm. He is not going to be able to find everybody he wants on a four-year deal where either maybe don't want the funding or perhaps the player won't come yet or isn't available. You look at the whole farce with uh, uh, John Allen who went to Celtic, you know, the famous... Oh, um, aye, 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 Stan Allen. Stan Allen. Alan Stewart. I saw him in Panto. Yes, he he was great. He 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 was was great. Him and Dean Park. Him and Dean Park. I don't know why Celtic have signed him. Yes. (laughs) So, basically... um, like he wasn't available till next year. There's a whole host of reasons why he can't get people in. There's absolutely no point. And I'd ask Rangers fans to remember what it's been like almost for the last 20 years in terms of a spunking cash away. Mm-hmm. Why would you bring in players who are not sold on, 
you're not sure about, they might not be the right player on a four-year deal. Yeah. Right? At the moment, Warbs, as I'm going to call him, yes. seems to have quite a few of the players he was after. He started, did he not, with the defence? Yes, very much so, yeah, he did. He had time to bring a couple of midfielders. He's only brought in the one striker, really. And apparently, now, obviously, he's decided that he doesn't have the time or the scouting network to get another six or seven players in in four-year deals. He shouldn't have to. This, the loan system, means that we've got good players in the squad, players who want to be here, and we don't have to buy them out of their contract and give them £250,000 to leave sometime in the next two years. Yeah. I think it makes perfect sense for where we are now. Building was a rush. The rebuilding, I think, was a rush job as it was. I think Warburton didn't have a lot of time to get this organised. The thought of buying on full-time contracts another six or seven players, I don't think it would have been the best solution. I don't think we'd have got them all right. And I think we've been a club who's been burnt too often by bad transfer deals. But I don't know, what do you think yourself? I, I think there's two sides to it. One, there's the the thing about, well, they'll only be here for a year. What if they're really good, they're not going to sign, right? That is true, but if they're not any good, then you don't want them to sign anyway. What I think it, it comes down to is is this with the with the loan deals. That you can get a hold of someone who's going to help you in the short term. You know it's short term, it's going to be beneficial for the club, beneficial for us. That's all there is to it. It's for one year, possibly two. You know, you never know with the, with the younger guys you can get, get these weird two-year loans that people like. But but that's what it's going to be maximum. And then they're going to, they're going to go back to the parent club or whatever or maybe be sold. I think that people have to understand that not everything... I think the football hipster, and you and I are bad for this, but I think we're still sensible enough to to, to realise the difference here. The football hipster can get carried away with long-term, long-term, long-term. You don't want to be Ali McCoyst and look no further than the end of your nose. We know that. But equally, not everything can be about how it's going to be in two or three years. Some decisions have to be about right now. So you should always look at a decision. There's three baskets, short-term, medium-term, long-term. And you don't want to fill one of them at the extent of the others. And vice versa, you know, equally you don't want everything in the long term basket. Because you might be paid off before you can you know, before you can come to realise it. So I think that you see it like when Eustace was first mentioned, you saw people squealing, no resale value, and you're like, Well he doesn't have Kiernan will have and Wilson, you know, it's not every single signing has to fit that exact model. You, no. can, you can spread it about a little bit. So you might sign or do a, you might sign ball, they're here for a year, you know they're here for a year, and they might help you get out of the first division. Great, right? You yeah. don't sign 10 of them yes. in the same way that you don't sign 10 John Eustaces or 10 John Daly's, the way Ali did, but you you do have to just try and and make sure that you're... I think with, with most of your stuff looking towards long term, ideally if you get something that hits two baskets at once, that it's good for you in the short term... And the long term, i.e., you sign a you know a twenty three year old, that's perfect. That's the dream signing. But sometimes you're like, that's for this season. This guy's going to develop for me in eighteen months. You know, that's what I think you need to do to to get the balance right. Now you touched on Scott Allen. There we should mention it. Uh, the end of the saga ended with Scott Allen moving to Celtic. Uh, your thoughts? Your legal broadcastable thoughts? Um, I think to be honest, the pictures of him being paraded about. Said, told their own story, didn't they? Oh man, he looked glum, didn't he? He looked like a man who was really worried about finding out that his details were on Yon dating site, right? Yes. And then he's got home, they haven't been, he's breathed a sigh of relief and he's realised his wife's are. Yes, exactly. That's what Scott Allen looked like. Yep. 
Um, he knows what he's done, doesn't he? He knows what he's done. Of course he knows what he's done. He rationalised um, it to himself the day before, I'm sure. He's like, ah, look, this is good money. I'm a professional footballer. It's a Champions League, possibly. Go wrong, it's yeah. a Champions League, possibly, club. This is all for, you know, and I'm a pro, blah, blah. And then he's walked in. He's had the emotional reaction that a Rangers fan would have. Not oh. the logical one. Not the, I'm a professional footballer. He's walked out. He saw that, I was going to say the sea of green and white. He saw the paddling pool, because, you know, Celtic, I think average attendance is 16,000, 17,000 now. He saw that. Yeah. Well, he saw the seats basically, but he yeah. saw the colour of them, and he's went, "Ah, oh, fuck, oh!" And it's that's been his "I've woken up next to a Munter" moment. But it's just it's he's got the Munter pregnant. Yes, and now the Munter's family have come round with shotguns demanding they get married. Yeah, yeah, um, probably a Celtic supporting Munter. You'd imagine so. She's probably already got four kids. Exactly to five different know. fathers. Five, yes. You know, she, 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 didn't, she didn't know about young Henrik's parentage because it was dark around the back of the chip shop. Exactly. Exactly, so that she named it as two. Um, fuck him. Uh, yeah, fuck him. Basically, what I would say, though, is I don't believe, like so many fans do, yeah. I don't. I'm going to be controversial, David, okay? Yes. I'm going to be controversial. I don't think he really was Mark Warburton's summer priority. I think some people at the club, who maybe the Scottish element of the club... yes. It was their idea. Yes. But what I believe, and I think we made the same source or a similar source. Yes. I believe that when push came to shove and, and Mark Warburton was asked, should we break the bank? Should we go? He actually himself said, let him go to Celtic. Yeah. I don't. Warburton wanted him in the squad on a Bosman. Yes. I don't think he was that fussed about. No, he would. I people listening to this can believe me or choose not to believe me. Right? They know my background. They know what I did before the pod. They know how I started the pod. Um. I hear certain things, right? And I don't always broadcast them because I can't verify them. But take this at face value or don't, neither old firm manager was bothered about Scott Allen. No. Okay, now take that at face value if you want. It was a pissing contest between the boards of Rangers and Celtic. And Celtic outpissed us. Congratulations for, them for doing so. I saw some of the fans try to go, ha, now you know how we felt with Mo Johnson. Really no, no, right? No. Really no. Mo Johnson... You, it wasn't like the guy walking back and finding his wife's details on that site. That was walking back and finding his dad ploughing her. That was what Mo Johnson felt like to you. Yeah. You'll never get over that. Um, this was a, a decent wee player that you signed that you probably never play in any league. And the idea, Celtic fans would be trying to say, ha ha, and other teams are, like, it was a pathetic thing at the air support when they started singing There's Only One Scott Allen and the Rangers fans actually burst out laughing. Like collectively, and they, they kind of stopped and went, oh, because it's like we do not care. You know, fair play, I mean, don't get me wrong, when we come to play them, you'll be getting dogs abusing deservedly so, because there is Wait. literally nothing worth than a turncoat. You know, well, he needs to live with that. The time we get to play Celtic next season, he won't be in the first team score. No, that's true. He'll be back on loan at Hibs. That's a very good point. Very good point well made. The last thing then about this before we move on is Nathan Odua, who's certainly made an impression. He yes. uh, got the shit kicked out of him. Um, uh, air, which in no small part I think was a reaction to him trying the trick what he tried uh, I'm not going to oh, right, well, I will. it's a rainbow flick apparently uh, used to be called take the mick when I was a, a kid yeah. but apparently it's a rainbow flick but he your man Nathan Odua uh, did this trick uh, the son in particular because um, A and other Colin Trialis whatever this this you know 
guy's name is, the Alloa player, said it was disrespectful. Now, it begged the question, what, quite being the fullback of Alloa, what level of respect do you expect to get? Yeah. <laughs> but your thoughts on this outrageous slur on uh, part-time defenders everywhere? Well, I have to say that I thought that the Alloa defender was coming on a bit Dre, wasn't he? He was. Like, the, the amount of level of respect he was demanding. He was a bit gangster, wasn't he? He was like, you know, you haven't, you didn't show me any respect. It's like, no offence, son, you're shy and your team's just been buffed 5-1. What do you want? Yeah. Right, my views on it I'll make very quick, okay? My views are this. The game's about entertainment, he's trying to entertain. Secondly, showboating, to me, is when you're trying stuff for no apparent reason miles from goal, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Odua came on for 29 minutes... And in that time, he burst through the defence about five or six times and yeah. set up a goal. Everything he did was trying to set up a goal. He was an attack-minded player. Yes, it was shown off, but it was all to try and get in the box and beat a player. He was not using it pointlessly. He wasn't doing a, going away from his goal. He's a direct player. And see the, see the, when he set up the goal, see when he dropped his shoulder and passed through their players inside the box? Yeah. Is that not showing off? Well, I would have said so. You know, Being I... better than your opponents, is that now showing off? Yeah. I, I think the thing is it made us it made us as a country look stupid the it fact that we got this it level of fuss the football looks stupid and last night where we got to with it was where, where it takes you this thing that was in the sun particularly the invective where that takes you is the most ludicrous penalty appeal I've oh, you know, seen. you need to see this. It's on Facebook, Twitter, etc. It's on our Twitter page. Go and have a look at it. It's basically an assault on Nathan Adu. The guy runs like 15 yards full pelt to knock him in the air and the ref doesn't give a penalty. And the referee, in that moment, was thinking, you fucking show-off bastard. Aye, diver, you're at it. Diver. Yeah. All, all the stuff. We are in this that's my worry for Nathan Adu, is that he's not getting treated. Last night, he was cemented. You texted me, was it eight, eight seconds? Yeah. Into the game... He was cemented by an air player. The worry when you whip up hysteria about a lad who's only 19, who's only, he's only just arrived, he's living in a hotel room, is already, not only is he public enemy number one, but based on the officials last night, he's also fair game. Yeah. And he's public enemy number one, not for diving, not for cheating, not for any of the stuff that people can say. He's He tried a flick. And other teams are going to oh, we, we'll show him because he tried a flip. And I think it's, again, it's because it's us. I mean, that's really all it comes down to. Um, I, I did actually add a kind of Twitter thing with the journalist in question. And what I said to him was, I wasn't getting into the, you know, you're a disgrace or any of that stuff. I know he was doing his job. What my question is, is why do the, the, the Scottish press always have to report, the tabloid press especially, always have to report, uh, report on the soap opera aspect of football? Why do they never just write about the game? Why do they have to find an angle? So why are the papers this week full of Alan Stubbs said this or Mark Warburton said this back and blah, blah? Why is it never just, this got to be a great game on Sunday, you know? And they say, well, that stuff sells papers. If that's the case, how come every six months the, the, the ABC figures for papers come out and they're falling? Yep. It doesn't sell papers. That's a lie. It's just you've been so conditioned to writing this shit. Whereas if you look at the stuff that gets popular when fans uh, do their own thing, which they're increasingly doing because they're not getting what they want from newspaper coverage, it's about football. Absolutely. You look at mainland Europe and they have daily football newspapers. Yeah. You have fanzines that when Saturday comes, you've got the fanzine culture here, you've got the blizzard that was just launched. None of them... Four have... years ago, Scott, the blizzard was launched. Sorry? Four years ago, the blizzard was I know, I know, but I'm, I'm still trying to get people to subscribe. <laughs> the blizzard, man. You know, and none of these magazines feature 
Our manager thinks your manager's a dick. <laughs> yes, exactly. Only in Scotland do they think that hysteria needs to be whipped up. And we'll, we'll touch on this later, okay? But Mark Warburton is so good at dealing with so-called hysteria, though, isn't he, from Scottish media? Well, we'll touch on that just now, yeah. I mean, he, he just doesn't care, does he? No. Brilliantly asked again about uh, Alan Stubbs and Alan Stubbs' savage critique of him being a checkbook manager. You got a checkbook! I know. Checkbook! By the way, what's with his blinking? I think his unibrow must be pushing down. All uh, right. I mean, it's constant. Eyes. I, I just think that basically he's always kind of sweating because he's always worried that there are hubcaps in the car park that are just going to waste. Uh, well, that's the thing. Because Stubbs is thinking, right, I've got a decent, well, decent-ish wedge being the Hibs manager, but me and my mates could be sell, selling scalped tickets outside concert venues across England. Oh, his family are bound to be, aren't they? His family are bound to be. And he thinks maybe I should be in the family business. Basically, Warbs just said, if he knows absolutely nothing about my club, he shouldn't be talking about it. Next question. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that. It's like the I, press... Like, but of course, the, the son had to report that as Warburton's... Uh, shut up, Stubbs, Warburton slams. No, he didn't. He just said yeah. he knows nothing about the club and he should concentrate on his own club. Yeah. I also reasonable. love how sad and benighted Scottish football is now, though. We've spent £620,000 net. Uh-huh. And he's a checkbook manager. Well, I but last week, if you listened to Radio Clyde, that they were giving the Rangers board abuse for not spending any money. And this week we're getting abuse for spending the rate of the title. And it's like, yeah. well, what is that? We've spent less money, I'd imagine, net this summer, yeah. probably in Hartlepool. Why don't they just come out and say, look, it's Rangers and we hate you, we're just going to slag you for something? Yeah. That's yeah. why when they say stuff to us like, uh, you, know, oh, you can't complain about this or that until you get your own house in order, you'll never allow us to get our own house in order. Because yeah. you look, you, you, it's not that something happens and you're offended it's you're offended and you look for something to happen for you to be able to do it it's called bigotry you're a bigot all, all I'll say is dear listeners David and I many moons ago and a smaller waistlines ago were in the supporters trust when we, we were trying to talk to a club member about sectarianism yeah smaller waistline I am skinny on the well that's actually I'm the other way but um so uh, we were talking about sectarianism with a club who just didn't get it and we kept trying to say to them it's us yeah there is a thing, there's not a thing you can do that they'll say Oh God, we love you now. Yeah. Oh but, my it, God, it, welcome back into family of football. Yeah. Let's have a group hug. They despise us. Yeah, it's like, it's, the club, they, they are bigots and they hate us. Yeah. The club never got that. No. They I, thought there must be one thing we can do. No, it, it's like stop singing this song and everybody will be alright. We stop singing this song. They look for isolated incidents of it. It was never yeah. about the song. It's never about it's us. It's their bigots and what they do to justify their own bigotry. Is hate us and that, that's fair enough but Warburton is new to it and isn't really hateable is just kind of swatting them away but swatting them away like uh, well no 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 I must stop you there I must stop you there because we've already rambled on for nearly half an hour and uh, we're about to present something special Scott to the listeners well, yes it's well, the fun never to bother with any new stuff because you know no, no, they're going to like they're going to like this. Um, so coming up just before the Sporting Integrity Award is a, a heart and hand first. What are we having, David? What are we? What are we showing them? What are we getting out for them? Well, we're going to do a sketch, right? It's to do with the the English Premiership, which is a popular right. league, which a lot of our listeners like. So yeah. to kick us off. Scott and David present a sketch about Manchester United. Manchester United fan, which will be played by me, walks into a bar uh, and talks to a barman who will be played by Mr Scott Vanderacker. Hi. Okay, Hi, folks. Thanks, folks. 
Hello, sir. Can I have a pint Hello. of beer, please? Um, Lager, that's £2.50, please, mate. I value that pint at £2, and that's all I'm paying. But the price of the Lager's three fifty, mate. Nope, I value it at £2. But it's £3.50. Oh, hold on, wait a second. My bar manager said we're out of Lager. That Chelsea fan over there just got the last one. Hey! Genius. But what we were doing there, we were doing an allusion, right? An allusion to the fact that Manchester United have got a very odd transfer thing this summer of they go and they bid for players that they can't get, fees that they know they won't be able to pay, and then in the end they're left up with nobody. And do you know what the second part of that sketch was, folks? But we sort of ran out of time. It was a brilliant allusion to them not buying Thomas Muller. Using wheat beer. Oh, go on, I forgot about that. Do that, and okay. Um, so you say to me, right? All right. Um, you say to me, could I have a wheat beer then, please? A Muller wheat beer? Right, I'm with you. Could I have a wheat beer, please? What kind of wheat beer would you like, sir? A Muller wheat beer. I'm afraid we don't stop that. That's actually not available. Hey, hey! That's to do with Thomas Muller. Who's a German, right? This is good. This is good stuff. This is the start of something new it's, for it's us. It's not, mate. is it? No, it's no. Not. So Manchester United, though, uh, a bit of an odd one. Pedro, who's been available for a buyout fee of I think thirty point one million um, all summer, and, and he wants to come. He wants to come, and they kept bidding, but not that fee. And then Chelsea went in this week, bid the fee, and signed them. Yes. They also lost out uh, on Nicolas Otamendi, who went to Manchester City. They haven't got Sergio Ramos, uh, who's just signed a new deal. It was the big one they were they were linked with. And since Memphis Depay, they did get early doors, and congratulations to them, he looks a great player. The, the transfer dealings have been a little sluggish, and you know I, I don't hate Manchester United at all. I'm not one of these people, but it does seem to be a bit shapeless. Now, Chelsea, who look incredibly flat, but have done what you would expect a big, evil, Russian-owned conglomerate to do, which is immediately throw money at the cat, at the problem, try and fix it, have gone out this week, they bought Pedro, going to buy others. City have looked really good and then have then just added Otamendi to their team. Uh, and Arsenal, at Arsenal, they don't sign players, but they've got 300 anyway and, and look all right. United seem in a bit of an odd position. The bizarre thing is that they've bought an awful lot of players, right? Uh-huh. A lot of players, but... They're not really that much better. And as we were saying the other night on, on the text, it, it putting Fellaini up front for the high ball is what got Moyes the sack. <laughs> um, especially, and Rooney has been deplored. He's been terrible. There doesn't seem to be a lot in the tank, does there? No, I mean, and he's only 30, 29. Yeah, but I mean, he's been playing since he was 16. I know. He needs pulled out the front line. He's not... There's something missing. I said in the pod a couple weeks ago, and I stand by this, it reminds me a little bit of Kevin Keegan, which older listeners will remember, that by the end he was he was neither a forward nor really a midfielder, but he ran about a lot, and, and you couldn't really fault his work rate, but the quality wasn't there. Rooney's hey, kind of hey, like David, that. <laughs> if he keeps dropping back as deep as he is now, at least he won't have a problem with David De Gea being in goals anymore. Hey! See what I, did there? I did see what he did. His neck hair's filthy, Wayne Rooney, by the way. It's funny because he needed a hair weaving top. Yeah, he just did, didn't need on his neck. Pumps, yeah. Or maybe he did, and it, he paid like fifteen grand. Yeah, that's what footballers do, don't they? They pay like yeah to get. Why would you get that a graft on your neck as well? Why would I, you say, I don't know. Why would you get a tattoo in your neck? It could usually it used to be because you're in prison. Yeah, exactly. And you were made yeah. to. It was a spider's web in your neck. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Uh, there's no, there's no reason at all for footballers to do half the stuff. Or young people, footballers and young people, they're a strange breed. 
there. I saw a young person the other day, and you won't believe it. Well, you probably will believe this, David. The guy had yeah. no socks on, right? I believe that, yeah. They, it was a nice day last week, I think it was Thursday, and yeah. he had a, a straw boater on. Yeah, this is a th- I saw one of them with a top hat. Is this a th- oh, fuck. Um, oh, they've not taken hats and ruined them, have they? Yeah, hats. The, the, the hats are being worn by your younger fellows to go with their beards and their top knots, and uh, it's just they've ruined hats now. No. I'd like to think that no one who has a top knot would listen to this podcast, but if you do, cut your hair. Do you know? Remember in the olden days, David, right? Mm-hmm. Especially in warrior cultures like Japan and in rural China, yeah. when somebody was captured or their master was killed, mm-hmm. and they were like. They, their top knot was cut off and that was their power they laid down their weapons and their top knot cut off our listeners have got a top knot should bow down chop it off and basically they've surrendered I think his words I think no longer be a hipster I think they've surrendered to men a few times before mate I don't think it'll be a new experience for them yeah so called so called as our song almost goes surrender to a guy yes exactly that was that, that would be the 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 um, silly Billy Boys I think that would be yes. that one um, right Scott uh, so that was our, our, our English Premier we're touching on we'll do a full preview in the next, or not preview because it's kicked off but we'll do a full chat about it through the next few weeks but uh, give me your top four and you're going down top four for what? the EPL I um, kind of thought that this whole fact we've been talking about the EPL for the past quarter of an hour might I didn't think it would be the Polish Extra Classica, but I thought Czech. Yeah, well, gone like Zabzi are looking strong, this. You'd think so, wouldn't you? Um, so, the top four um, probably would be Man City. It does. Second will be Arsenal. Go on, it'll be different. Mm. Third, Chelsea. Yep. Four, Man U. Uh, with the caveat that yes. I'll wait up until the last day of the transfer window yes Man United might do something yeah I'm going to go City Chelsea Arsenal United uh, and then I'm going to go Liverpool go on then Stoke Spurs oh yeah. you're a Stoke yeah that's nonsense okay. they're never going to finish six but just you have know, bollocks to it I'm going to go yeah. there well I'll do my version of that right is fifth Liverpool yep sixth Spurs 7th Swansea ah, Swansea are probably a better bet than Stoke actually. I think you're much more likely to get it they're a good side going down who's who's exiting well along with Sunderland obviously oh yes um, we'll talk to which I'll, I'll actually th- this brings forward something I had for later Is yeah. that, uh, no no if it's a sporting integrity right we'll, we'll just give us your three and then we'll, we'll seg but, wonderfully okay. probably Sunderland can't keep avoiding it can they no it's, it's, it's coming it's like when a bird you pumped and you don't like you know, keeps texting. Yeah, you can't avoid it forever. Yeah, right? it's, it's gonna it's gonna come back and get you. I think there may be some some problems. I've been reading with a bit of upset actually, David. The sagas of Bournemouth. Right. I like the way they play. I like the club, but they cannot get a striker in. No. Now the window's open for our. It's open for a bit longer, isn't it? Yeah. But Bournemouth, they're playing quite nice football. Mm-hmm. They're very unlucky at Anfield. But also not not really get any points. Yeah, it's relegation form already, isn't it? And uh, I agree. We anchor with a sweet story that ends in disaster. Yeah, but they've tried to play football. It's without a striker that looks a bit doomed. And the rest of the team is very hard to tell because they've not been as bad as many people expected. Um, there'll be somebody unlikely, but not Villa again. Let me let me plump for West Brom. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a, not a bad shout. Especially you know it looks better. He knows definitely out the door. And one other. No, that's it. no, no, Sunderland, West Brom, Bournemouth. No, you're yeah, right. No, 
You're right. I, 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 I totally tabloided that one there. I, I do apologise. I, I will go for uh, Sunderland, obviously, Bournemouth and Newcastle. Oh, again, they flirted too long, haven't they? Yeah, and I, I think Steve McLaren. I don't know. I think that's that's an odd. I think Steve McLaren's. I think Steve McLaren's wages have been far in excess of his ability over the years. The odd yeah. good spell, but uh, but we'll see. You could prove me totally wrong, so so let's see that. Scott, lead yeah. us then into into your next bit. You've got time for two sporting integrities. Well, oh right, I've got okay. How many have you got? Well, I've got a new short section called Spare a Thought For, and then I've only got two. Right, okay, right, okay, a new section, a subsection, if you will. It's tiny though, okay? Okay, go on. Okay, David. Yes. New mini section. Right, okay. Okay. Called... You know you, you you know you didn't run this past before, and I know why, because you're a great believer in the phrase, it is easier to um, just do something and apologise than it is to seek permission first. Yes. Yeah. I suspected you'd say no. Yes, correctly, as it turns out. Correctly. So I thought I'd spring it on you. <laughs> um, right, spare a thought for David Blackpool, who, again, one of their website, one of their email addresses called a fan a fucking arsehole wanker. Jesus Christ. Right. But they then claimed, well, that's not one of ours. Um, it can't be anyone who works for the club anymore. It wasn't us, basically. It so was, wasn't it? It was them, yes. And it also turned up in an Ashley Madison email. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Spare thought for Daffabet. <laughs> in June, they signed up from, a, as they called it, a partnership with Sunderland. Yes. Last week, on Daffabet's homepage, they had Sunderland as the favourites for relegation. <laughs> on their own homepage. That's brilliant, huh? Spare thought for Gokan Inler. And I don't know if this is true, David. You tell me, what do you think? Gokan Inler. I have many clubs in for me. I have many options all over Europe. But I had to follow my heart. My heart said Leicester City. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Leicester are a decent club. And, is that true? But that's so not true. It's a great signing for Leicester. He's a terrific player. And finally, spare thought for Benfica, who Adel Trabat, Taramt, what's you call him? Trabat. has turned up. Trabat, Trabat. I'd like to think that when he ejaculates, that's the noise he makes. Trabat. Or actually, you could just ice hold him. Adel Trabat. <laughs> it does sound like the cavalry are coming, doesn't it? <laughs> well, the way I do it, mate. Yeah, well, hey. It's not the only time you're thinking about horses, but I mean, let me tell you. Exactly. Um, so My nephew's listening to this podcast. He's, he's turned out. Are you sick and jet, folks? Um, <laughs> Adel Tarapt has turned up at Benfica, and guess what? He's overweight and unfit. Oh, yeah, shocking. What an agent that boy has. Of course he is. Um, What's so, an agent? Couple of very quick actual ones. All of these. Right, go on. Barcelona defender Gerard Piqué is out for four weeks, suspended. Right. Okay. After an outburst aimed at a linesman. Yes, right? I saw this outburst. It was very nasty. During the second, he was dismissed for saying "Mikago and Taputa Madre," which means roughly, David, "I shit on your whore of a mother." <laughs> Do you know right. what? If you're going to get banned, or maybe, yes. maybe he was just describing. Maybe he's an Ashley Madison. Maybe, maybe that's what he did. By the way, mate, you and Ma, right? Yeah. Oh, I shit on your hood of my mother. She loves it. And then the linesman went home and asked his mum, <laughs> she broke down in tears. <laughs> yes, Gerard Piquet did shit on me. <laughs> but we're both consensual. <laughs> I'm just worried they've got my credit card details. Um, I think it was you that told me this about how the Ashley Madison scandal, though, was the most British of things. Oh, yeah, it was magic. 
Yeah, they, they, they had all their ad, the they had to fill an admin form. <laughs> have this wild, no strings, extramarital sex, fill this form in first. Fill a form in. Did you see on the internet the bloke who keyed the Aston Martin? No, I didn't. No. On the internet, there's a bloke who keyed an Aston Martin. I don't yeah. really know how else to, to sex that up. But your supercars now, they've got like dashboard computers. Mm-hmm. Right. And you'll see this, it's on the internet. He's now become the most hated man in Britain since that lady that put the cat in the bin. Yep. And the guy, he's walking along, he just keys the car, and you can see it from the footage shot. Spit an image of Dion Dublin. Is he? I'm not saying it was Dion Dublin. What look. But I, I haven't, I, I have no proof that it wasn't Dion Dublin. Except that Dion Dublin spent some time playing for Celtic. Yeah. Which is when he, which is when he'd have picked up this kind of behaviour, isn't it? He wouldn't have keyed the car. He would have tried to tried to steal it. Well, that's true. Do you know why it wasn't Dion though? Why? Because he will be busy trying to recreate his success that he had with the Dube, won't he? Yeah, that's right. Tell tell listeners about the Dube. Listeners, you know the Dube, but it was a while ago. Yeah. But Dion Dublin did invent a musical instrument. <laughs> invented a music- Actually, really popular. <laughs> the it's not really popular. It is. It, it bloody is. isn't. You can buy it in real shops. Yeah, you can, and how many gigs have you went and went, oh, the guitarist was shit, but the jube player nailed it. Well, I don't go to many sort of urban gigs that Dion obviously goes to. I don't know. Maybe it's all the range down their way. <laughs> When's the last time you went anywhere urban, apart from maybe a town, perhaps? I admit I don't go to a lot of urban music events. I'll, I'll, I'll grant you that one. Right, okay, that is it this week. Uh, and the winner of that is Gokka and Inla, by the way, for such a blatant lie. Winner of this week's Sport and Integrity Award. All that it means for me to do is to thank our executive, uh, our executive producers in London, Mr. Mike Lee, Mr. Paul Miles, to thank our sound engineer, Mr. Charlie Ashworth, and to thank my guest, Mr. Scott Vandenacker. You know, that felt almost at old times because it was pretty much the same pod we've done for five years. I was going to say. But it was great. Uh, you can get in touch with us Heart and Hand on Facebook follow us at Ibrox Rocks on Twitter and Scott Heart Hand on Twitter and also email us ibroxrocks at playbackmedia.co.uk my name's David Edgar I've been your host and I'll talk to you again this time next week cheers bye This show is brought to you in association with Labbrooks for all your betting needs. With a new site design and great prices, it's our preferred bookie. New members can get a free match bet up to £50 when you sign up and use the code LAD50. Check on site for details at labbrooks.com. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.